Have you ever wondered where the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your host, Brian Berneman, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and change makers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Berneman, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined by Megan and Nicole, Synchronicity Sisters. Uh, thank you so much for being here all the way from the US. And I'm so excited for this conversation. And I hope that if you're listening to this, you pay attention. So to start, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone that is listening or watching us. Thank you, Brian, so much for having us. Um, we are totally honored when you reached out because you had been on our podcast and uh, we had talked about it last year, you know, reconnecting. And here we are in the new year, getting to reconnect and showing up for your audience and just excited to share space with you again after having a great conversation with you all for our podcast to be able to give you and your audience um, the same gift. I'm Nicole. I am one of the sisters of Synchronicity. Um, and I have been, we have, we created Synchronicity about a year and a half ago. We help people work with trauma and we use plant medicine in assisting that trauma. And we have a beautiful 12 week program that we will probably surely dig deep into, but I'll throw it over to Meg so she can introduce herself. Hey guys, uh, I'm Megan. I'm the other sister. Luckily, there's not any more of us. There's only two. I don't know if the world could handle that, but um, we're very excited to be here. I love connecting with conscious minds and just having conversations about where the world's at, how we can make it better, what we're moving towards in the future, and to connect with like-minded people. And when we had Brian on our podcast, we could have talked to him for hours. So I'm <laughs> glad that we are have more space and time to be able to connect because um, he's definitely the divine masculine and it's um, just important to bring out the divinity in all of us. And the more we have these conversations, the more people get to wake up and actually know um, what this life is about versus what we've been programmed to think. So thanks for having us, Brian. Well, thank you so much for, for being here I, again. Like it's, it's a pleasure to, to be able to, to have more conversations with you. Uh, before, before we get a little bit into some of the topics that, uh, that I'd love to, to explore, um, would you be able to share a little bit of how did you get into this? Like was your path and your journey? Like was this part of your life before or was there some turning point? Well, I think COVID changed everybody's life. <laughs> um, I was actually in private aviation uh, in, from 2014 to 2020. And uh, psychedelics and this whole entire concept of plant medicine, I was part of the consciousness that thought that you would end up in a psych ward. Um and I trauma was like a foreign language. I thought that trauma meant you were in the ER with like a broken arm. Uh, I didn't really I kind of had a framing around 
emotional trauma, but I didn't really understand it or didn't really have time to think about it because you're so busy running from one place to the next, trying to make life work and pay your bills that you don't have time to sit and think. And when COVID hit and I ended up leaving my job in aviation and moving home, I had to take a breath. I think like everybody did. And we all had this choice whether to, because a lot of us came back into our origin. You know, we were both, she was in California, I was in DC, and then we came back to Colorado and we're living under our mom's roof. And all of the trauma just kind of hit because we'd been gone. And as adults coming back, being like, holy crap, where's the world at? Where am I at? What's going on? Uh, you know, we started digging deep into like Joe Dispenza. And I ended up taking a trip out to see one of my dear friends. Uh, and she lives in Laguna Beach. And we went to a sound bath, uh, re- like not retreat, ceremony. but ceremony. Yeah. And rape or hape as the, the Western world calls it, uh, was my initiation in plant medicine. And uh, I had been a yoga teacher for eight years at the time, but, you know, I knew about the chakras, I was aware, but I was so shut off from my nervous system and was so in just thinking and processing with my mind that when the shaman blew rape up my left nostril, which is death, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. Uh, I saw white light. When it started, when the energy field started to pass um, through my throat chakra and everything, it was fine, but it hit my heart chakra and bounced and I couldn't breathe. And I started telling the shaman that I was going to die and he started laughing, which now I laugh about it. But at the time I was very serious and I was going through an ego death Um, and I had had a supremely uh, bad heartbreak when I was about 24 years old and I hadn't realized how much that had just shut down my entire heart chakra. I had just shielded off the world. And when that blue light, Rape blue light into my heart chakra, I, when it hit my root chakra, I almost immediately started throwing up. It was just purging all of this pent up energy and this toxic energy. And um, then he had to do the right because he had to balance it out, which I was really not happy about. But he convinced me and the, the right was easy because it was light. Um, but I I threw up a lot and I slept. I went back to her house, fell asleep and woke up and I had never felt better in my life. I felt like I was back in my body. I felt like my entire worldview had shifted in the span of, you know, that entire thing probably lasted five minutes. And I was never the same. Uh, I My entire framework shifted on plant medicine and what it was. And I almost immediately started looking into microdosing plant medicine. I wanted to go down and do ayahuasca. I was like, how can I access this? Because there's so much energy in our bodies, you know, and now a couple of years later, I'm realizing we are energy, like, duh, we're matter. But I didn't understand any of that at the time. And it was such a initiation by fire, essentially, because everyone was like, I've never seen anybody react to rape like that. And I was like, yeah, that was, uh, it was a lot. But, you know, as shamans say, and as, you know, kind of in the plant medicine world, the, the heavier reaction you have to something is actually when you're called to work in something. Because if you, you know, have if you do a rape ceremony or you go down and do ayahuasca and you're not rocked by something, you can't hold space for somebody else. And now 
you know, when I work with people that are doing rape or any kind of plant medicine, because it has literally brought me to my knees and I was throwing up for hours. Uh, I can hold space for anything. I'm like, oh, you're, yeah, you're good. Just breathe. I know. Cause I thought I was going to die. So that was our, that was my initiation into it. And, um, you know, it was illegal here up until November and I, it touched my heart so deeply that I didn't even care. I was ready to take on, you know, the government or whatever else I needed to, because it, it isn't the answer, but it brought me a lot of answers that I wouldn't have been aware of had I not had that pretty much blow the lid off of all of my programming because our brains are just a program. You know, we've been being programmed our whole lives and, you know, to actually open up to the heart that is the knowing of our entire system, you know, to get re in touch with my heart, to actually know what alignment was, to actually know what love was again and be able to step into self was extraordinary. And I, you know, vowed to spend the rest of my life bringing it to other people because the world lives in so much darkness. And I was in darkness myself and I didn't understand. It's like a lot of people we work with, they're like, I don't have trauma. I'm like, everybody has trauma. Everybody. It's like, you're not unique, unfortunately. Uh, And and if any of us didn't have trauma, then we wouldn't have shadow, which means we wouldn't have any gifts and we wouldn't have any light. So it's actually a beautiful thing. And so, um, yeah, it was was a good time. Actually, the girlfriend that I (laughs) had the habit, she still is like, do you remember that one time? It's like... (laughs) Yeah, they changed my entire outlook on life because uh, going from like private aviation, very like rigid, structured, uh, you know, follow all the rules to, hey, I might end up in prison because I'm trying to help people. It was very <laughs> it, it's it's laughable. Uh it but, is. you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very entertained that I've seen both worlds. And uh, this one is a it's a it's a much better world. I, I love every second. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I love every second. I accept every second of my life versus fighting everything that came into my field before, because I was so controlling and rigid, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so Meg's like always been the catalyst. Um, she's definitely the one, although I'm the oldest, she's the old soul. Um, and so, you know, her, her experience kind of like opened the floodgates because I, you know, if I think back 10, 11 years, when I started into kind of exploring this world of like, I knew my childhood was broken. I knew that I had innately inherited my parents' DNA. I knew that there were things that were deeper, but when I would go to say Al-Anon meetings or I would go to a therapist, they would always just reinforce my behaviors. They would always just tell me, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Or they would tell me to blame someone else. And, you know, that was the pivotal moment of realizing that, you know, this wasn't working. And I think so many people and I, myself, I look back on my 10 years prior to this new journey this new life I have I was a victim of myself. I was a victim of my parents. I blamed everyone. And, but I was told I could do that. And what the the amazing thing about plant medicine, and when I stepped in and the universe really was the one 
Megan was initiated by fire. I was just listening to what the universe had to say. And it kept coming up in my field. And I was like, okay, if this keeps repeating itself after three times, this is no longer a coincidence. And so Nicole, listen, you need to step in. And that was my journey. I stepped into it and I realized that when I started taking responsibility for self and I started not blaming anyone else and that I had full control of my actions, my thoughts, my feelings, how my life was. I was no longer a victim to my life. I got to enjoy my life and I was the writer of my own story. Mm -hmm. Yes. What had happened to me in the past, it was a part of my journey, but if I embodied it, it no longer was a wound. It was a scar that I could then embrace and I could help others. And that was really the pivotal moment for both of us. Um, we were actually, Megan was taking a class on using cannabis to help postpartum depression in women because Megan is a holistic nutritionist. And so it kind of was just a crazy download of like, you've got to do this. You have to step into this. This is your calling. And from there on out, it was, uh, we were pretty much on like a war path of, I am not a victim to my reality. I choose to be present in my life and I choose to help others. And when you step in and you embody it, it's really amazing how much life changes. And we've gotten the opportunity to be able to cultivate our childhood and what we have all of the work we have gone through, whether it was it worked or it didn't, we've been able to cultivate it into our beautiful, um, a beautiful gift that we can now give to others. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. You know that I think that a couple of things that both of you mentioned. I think that are so important. One is to understand that, like, there's no one path <laughs> like all of our paths are different and even if we actually chose something as like you were saying with aviation you know like kind of like this rigid rules following all of that that's cool we can always change and i think that that the understanding how we we are not necessarily need to be victims of our circumstances we can actually take ownership and responsibility of okay this is what has been can I actually, as you were saying, embody this? And can I actually integrate this and process it so I can move on? And one of the interesting things with that a lot of times is, and I find this fascinating, and I want to explore this a little bit more. A lot of times, the change only happens when people hit rock bottom. <laughs> and as well, and I think this is the power, uh, and I want to explore this a little bit further with you, of plant medicine, that is, plant medicine can be the catalyst so there's no need, perhaps, to hit rock bottom. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. So we come from a father that was an alcoholic that literally died. He had he died twice on the table when he was trying to get sober. You know, so you can't get much more rock bottom than that than dying and like being brought back to life by the little shocky things. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I didn't have to hit rock bottom. I, uh, you know, it's we're seeing that with like the John Hopkins studies and all these things, because, you know, 95% of addicts within the first six months of coming out of rehab are drinking again. And within the first year, 
it's over 100%, which can you even go over 100% is wild to me when I was reading the, the study. I still don't really understand that, but it was over 100%. And what we found with plant medicine was this step one with Bill Wilson or with any of it, right? You t- even Carl Jung, you had to have a spiritual awakening in order to get sober. You ha- we had to have a spiritual awakening in order to, for us to find our divine work because I was so unfulfilled in my work. It was a dream job, but I was so unfulfilled and so unhappy that there was something missing. And I always knew that there was something missing. Uh, and that's what plant medicine, it's step one. It connects you. You cannot go down and do ayahuasca or macrodose on mushrooms or even, even microdose for that matter, and not feel more connected into the mass consciousness, not realize that we're all connected. We're all in this together and that all of us have a profound purpose and are profound beings. And I think so many people that hit rock bottom, have that choice of life or death. And, you know, essentially we all have to go through that. And, um, you know, a lot of people that go down and do ayahuasca end up getting sober and never drinking again. And it's, uh, you know, there's a reason they call alcohol spirits, you know, and there's a reason why people that habitually smoke marijuana, you know, I, I think the marijuana is a plant medicine and it should be used ceremonially, but people that misuse it, it actually creates holes in your auric field to where negative energy can penetrate through. And that what we have lost is this entire concept of ceremony or intention around something. We just are excess and abusive towards everything to the point to where eventually it destroys us, right? It's that hitting of rock bottom. And before we got on, we were talking about, you know, the relationship with the earth, the relationship with one another. There's this energetic exchange that's always happening. But if you're always in excessive, impulsive energy and you're not actually in tune with what is actually around you, you know, that that rock bottom happens to everybody. And it, it may not look like alcoholic like my dad, where, you know, he had to be shocked back to life. But it can look like being in so much debt that you're filing bankruptcy or, you know, you're you're going out and buying new things all the time so that people think you're worth something because you have no internal self-worth and, you know, divorce, cheating, uh, you know, all of all of these things are asking you to look at yourself. And the fact that we (laughs) psychedelics and all these things have been around for thousands of years. Shamans have used them for thousands of years in healing uh, it, it's just mind blowing to me how, how deep the programming really goes. And when you start to unprogram yourself, uh, you know, even, even having, you know, a macrodose or something can send people into psychosis because when you actually realize how much power you have and how much you've been programmed to give that power away, People either wake up and they, you know, become like you, Brian, or like us, or I mean, they can have a psychotic break because it's so massive how much we have been restricted. So in a way, actually, I could say that's even hitting rock bottom because you're you're having to reassess everything in your life. And I even look back now and it's wild to me that... I I ever believed that Western medicine was the answer or a pill was the answer when actually I believe or we believe in the German new medicine philosophy that you're fussing or you're, 
you know, conflict or whatever is actually manifesting as disease. I think as humans evolve into this next energy that we're going into that there's not even going to be illness because we're not fussing. There's not this rigid, stressful environment that, you know, there's a Taoist saying that goes, be careful of your thoughts for your thoughts become habits. Be careful of your habits for your habits become your character. Be careful of your character because it becomes your destiny in all of your relationship and your life in general, and also in the hospital. Hmm. So that means that your health is directly connected to every thought that you have and every reality that you choose to live in. And so it's wild when you wake up. So I also understand why a lot of people are very like standoffish about all of this because it is radical accountability in every aspect of your life. And I get that if you're not basically on your deathbed, making a choice to stay here or leave, uh, it's, it's hard to choose this, you know, and I have to live with that every day that anything that is in my field, I'm inviting in anything that, you know, I'm living through, I'm causing, you know, it's, you know, the, the energy, your thoughts and your fields are everything. And it's, I, you know, sometimes I'm just like, man, if I didn't choose this, I don't know if I'd choose this because it's, it's not, it's not our base um, understanding of what it is to be human. It's, it's a constant evolution of stepping into that embodiment of self. And, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's, I would not have it any other way. I am feel so blessed and so in love with the fact that I chose to be here while the human awakening was happening and to be part of the grassroots of this generation's movement to help that, uh, both causes a lot of like internal battle and fuss. Cause you know, every day there's days where I'm crying saying, Oh my gosh, I wish I could just go back to aviation and be unconscious because it's it's hard. Uh, but I, I actually don't ever mean that. It's just those moments of weakness where I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks to be so aware. And it actually is caused mostly by other people that aren't conscious yet because I hurt for them. It hurts to to watch, you know, what we call the matrix and basically like you know, modern day slavery and the, the, the taking of people's energy and power and the pain to be awake to the pain that exists in this life. Yeah. It's, it's a wild ride. It definitely is a wild ride. Well, and I think also it's like, I rock bottom is kind of scary for people, right? Like when you hear rock bottom, you think of like, you know, like my dad, or you think of someone who is, Helplessness, they're, they're, they feel like I have nothing left, right? And it doesn't have to be this like massive fall from grace, but it can be a slow decline. And it can be so assisted with psychedelics that it's, it doesn't have to be hard or doesn't have to be painful or doesn't have to be this idea of just crashing and burning, right? And so when we're, when we look at it in the sense of like, wow, we're really just opening the mind slowly, we're taking a little piece at a time. And that's like the beautiful thing about psychedelics is that you don't have to go do a massive dose of 
psilocybin to have this awakening or, you know, ayahuasca, you just have to be willing to step in and understand that this can help relax the conscious mind so that you're able to remember and that you're able to step into that. And it's just, it's, um, it's, it's amazing what has happened societally, like in the seventies with the Nixon and, you know, I just learned recently I was reading a book about the Nixon administration and why they actually made drugs illegal. It was actually this massive movement to associate psychedelics with hippies who were anti-war and to associate heroin with African-Americans. And so it created this extreme polarization and they really pushed the narrative that like, if you're affiliated with either one of these, you are the bad guy. And now we're seeing as this moves forward that you can really work just a little bit in your conscious mind to be able to see through the veil of like, wow, I may have been lied to. And this may have these people that set these rules, quote unquote, around these plants and these fungi may have not had the best intention for humanity. And I think that that rock bottom came from that, the psych, the crazy psychosis of, you know, people jumping out of buildings and all of that was really this idea of if you step into this, you're a bad person. Yeah, I think, you know, as you're sharing this, it's kind of like with the matrix, it's the understanding, ignorance for a lot of people is bliss. I mean, the more that we wake (laughs) up and we are living in like, Oh, this is this is still out there. It doesn't go away. Like that's still happening. And I have that still I have internalized so much of this programming that as you were saying, those moments of weakness that is like ah, like you know, I like I should be doing it. And it's like kind of like okay, like just breathe, come back, be be okay with that. And understanding just like the matrix, what we're experiencing is control i mean this is how institutions survive is by control so as you were saying with the drugs um or with the medicines if if there's like and just even a glimpse that if people wake up through this medicine then they won't allow what's happening then those in power of course will try whatever it is to squash that and then it, as you're saying, like, uh, this, this groups of people, then if you are in contact with them, then so it creates separation. And this is, of course, we are not separate. <laughs> like everything is interconnected. And I think that this for me is one of the, the biggest things a lot of times with plant medicine of why it has been illegal for so long, because it's, you know, it's a way of controlling. If we don't know, that we are in the matrix, we can't get out of the matrix, of course. So how how can we change more of that? And how can it be done in a way that it's actually safe? Because this is key. I, I mean, and, and you mentioned before about ceremony, the ritual and the ceremonial space is so important, just not even just for plant medicine, I mean, for the life. <laughs> to actually understand, you know, what are we doing? How are we doing? How are we creating the circumstances that allow 
for something to take place. Because I know so many people, and I want to explore this a little bit further. I know so many people that do use a lot of plant medicines in a way that I feel like it's just an addiction and I feel like it's just a coping mechanism for their trauma instead of a way of expansion and seeing something that perhaps they haven't been able to explore by themselves. So where where's the line with that and and how, you know, like for those that perhaps are doing that and haven't experienced it in a ceremonial way, what you know what what can you share from from that space well i think for you know when we talk to people about it because we come across people all the time like you said that just they just are they're almost addicted to it they it's like a ceremony like they don't even have ceremony or ritual around it they just use and i think that's coming back to the intention Mm -hmm. when you are using an intention and you are being so mindful and so present and so intentional you actually get the answers. You get what you are seeking because you're also working with energy. Any plant medicine is still energy. And when you consume it, you're working with that energy. And so when you have an intention, you have a safe space, it actually dissolves everything that it could potentially become addictive or anything in that regard, because now you have a clear vision. What do you need? What are you looking for? And I think so many people, because it's so mainstream right now, right? It's like super cool. They just want to do it. But the problem is with just doing, if they don't understand, everything in your life should be intentional. Going to the gym, going for a walk, listening to music, whatever it is, it should have an intention. And plant medicine should be no different. And that, like I said, it, it eliminates the need for constantly seeking over and over and over again. Well, it's also this, and we're very clear in our program, and I've experienced this firsthand. I've gone down and done ayahuasca. Uh, and I will tell you that when I got into deep levels of meditation, into gamma brain waves, it blew ayahuasca out of the water. Now, of course, it didn't last as long. But you do not need plant medicine. And I'm very clear about this. I'm like, you are the goal. Being able to meditate and connect into that higher self is the goal. This is the assist. You know, of course, if you want to like take mushrooms and be intentional of like, hey, I don't want to drink tonight, but I want to be more in my body. So I'm going to take these mushrooms and go dancing. That's still being very intentional about using them. And we do do that, but you do not need plant medicine. It just teaches you. I am a firm believer that had I not used plant medicine, when I actually went into a meditation retreat and was able to drop into this very divine space was because I trusted the the higher self. I trusted the dimensions. I trusted the universe. I knew how to wrap light around myself so that I was grounded here, but able to explore who I am other than just this body that is Megan, right? Because we're so much more than this. Uh, But plant medicine gave me the trust to be able to do that. And uh, so many people can't let go. There's this controlling rigid energy and they use plant medicine because they're trying to get out of this control. And you know, if you if you look at something as just a Band-Aid and that's what you're using anything for, then it's no different than alcohol or anything else. And it's kind of what I was alluding to earlier that, 
you know, if you disrespect these plants, if you do anything, eventually it's not going to go well. And, you know, I hear about bad trips and all this stuff all the time, but it's like, were you setting the space? Were you around the people that you should be around? And also like, what was the goal? Because I know so many people that that work in this industry and they're the gurus and they're, but they, they're just addicted to plant medicine and they use it to cope with everything. Okay. Yeah. You don't smoke, but, or sorry, you don't drink, but you're smoking weed all the time thinking that that's okay. And because it's you a know, plant medicine, there's actually a lot of people that look at us because we're sober the majority of the time yeah. that are like, well, you guys aren't true facilitators. You don't know the plants well enough. And I'm like, no, trust me. I know the plants well enough. I have had divine interactions with things that have given me a lot of information about these plants. Uh, I don't need to abuse them in order to understand how profound they are. It's like one of those things where you think just because you've been in a 10-year relationship that that relationship means more than someone that you've known for a month. That's not true. The thing that is, it's like, it's how you're interacting with them. It's how you respect anything or anyone and how open you are to receiving the information and also realizing that you are not more than. These plants are equal to us and we are their equals and they should be treated with respect and um, almost like a divinity for what they're giving us. And I find them very sacred and I'm very big about um, how they're grown who cultivates them, uh, were they grown in a loving frequency because you're in, you're ingesting that frequency and you're, you're sharing space with that being and, you know, consciousness, it's a mass consciousness. That means the mushrooms and everything are a part of it. And if you're abusing these things, it's not going to end well. And, you know, the ceremony and the, the, the just, I would always ask people, you know, if you want to go into a container where you're macrodose or microdosing for three months, have a macro intention and then daily get up, drink cacao instead of coffee because caffeine is just masking trauma and, you know, take the medicine and also, but have, have a container. Don't just you know, la, 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 la. We're so cat. We're so like lackadaisical and casual about everything. And I was just as guilty of it. You know, I'm really against hookup culture and going into even relationships with other humans unconsciously. You know, you are exchanging the most amount of energy when you're having sex than you are doing anything else. And we think that it's fine to go find somebody at a bar and do this because it's empowering to women. And it's like, are you, what are you on? Because you're destroying your very essence. And not only that, your chi energy and everything is being destroyed. And you wonder why people age the way they do and they're tired and they feel like they don't have time to meditate and they don't have. So this is an entire consciousness problem with how we go about everything in life. Because you should have a negotiation with the person that you're going into a relationship with about what their intentions are, who they are, what they're looking for, what they want, what are their wants, needs, and desires. And you should go into the relationship with fungi, you know, all of these things the same way. It should be very intentional and you should know what you want from it. And the clearer you are, 
the clearer they're going to be and to be able to facilitate what you want, need, and desire. But if you're just doing these things all the time, completely mindless and wondering why it's not working and why you're not getting anything out of it, then that's a you problem. And, you know, I, we, we're just consciousness teachers, really. It's like, (laughs) how do we become more self-aware and more conscious of how I am interacting with myself and how you interact with yourself is a direct relation to how you're interacting with everything else. How do I interact with self and how can I be more aware and intentional with that so that I'm intentional with everything so that I don't abuse self so I don't abuse other things? So really, I guess the answer to that, uh, very long winded because I had to circle all the way back is how is your relationship with yourself? Are you abusive to yourself? Because if you're abusive to yourself, then that's why you're abusing every person, thing, animal, etc. in your life is because you have an abusive relationship with yourself. And that's what Nicole and I are a deep dive into know thyself. Mm-hmm. And when you understand you, that is 90% of the battle because what really eludes us is self. It's not other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the the importance of understanding energy everything has energy and consciousness is so important for a lot of this work whether we want to use plant medicine whether we want to use meditation whether we want to use yoga whether we want to use whatever key that is going to open the door for us i think that the key is understanding that and, and coming back to that ceremony or ritual is again as you were saying this is the intention this is how am i consciously interacting with life because everything is an interaction like i i know this uh, as you were saying with not only plants but with with sex and the hookup um just mindset i i never got into it because i understood like i will forever be entangled with that other person's energy even if you know like even if someone has a one night stand someone it's like well, now you're forever entangled energetically with that person. What was the intention there? What's like, you know, the, the more that we're going to be able to become conscious, the more that we understand how to interact with things. And I think that, yes, that going back to understanding ourselves and the importance of working with ourselves. And then it's like, okay, well, again, what are the keys? What are the keys that are going to unlock those doors for me? And that is so important because this is not for everyone. It's not the same, but to be able to, to understand, because as you were just mentioning, some people that are all of the time using all of these plants and it's like, well, just because it's a plant and it's plant medicine doesn't mean that it needs to be used and abused or something that you're just using as a crutch. Because then you are not taking ownership. All that you're doing is just using like a better addiction instead of alcohol or other types of drugs or food or whatever it is. It's just, am I relying on that? Or can I actually take ownership of my life and my energy? And how am I choosing to interact with others? How am I choosing to be with this? And if those plants are going to open something, show me something, help me to expand, wonderful, yet 
that is not necessary all of the time. Um, so like for me, this is, you know, like the taking responsibility for my life and to understand, okay, who am I choosing to, to be with? What am I choosing to do? Um, and I start every single day with my, with my practice in a sense. That's, you know, like energetic intention <laughs> of every single day. How am I choosing to be? And then it's like, well, then yes, I'm still playing in this matrix. I'm still, you know, like I'm still working for an exchange of money. Yet my way of doing it is grounded in what I believe as well. So even though I'm playing the game, I know that I'm playing it. And that is key as well there. So, um, one, one of the things that I, that I wanted to, to explore as well is, you know, th this is plant medicine for a lot of people. It's very new and they don't know much about, um, what are, the differences between some of the plant medicines. Why would someone, for example, go and use ayahuasca instead of rapé or instead of psilocybin? Mm -hmm. Great question. Uh, so rapé is like a great introduction, right? It's tobacco because, you know, the they've made tobacco bad, but it's been a sacred plant medicine for years. Long time. Um, but it's kind of like a here, I, you know, I'm not great at meditating. I'm not great at sitting still. Why I would use rape is, you know, to be able to go into the, it, it assists in getting into those higher levels of meditation, but knowing your why helps a lot with what you're going to use. So if you're just like, Hey, I want to kind of dip my toes in and use something that's very commonly talked about. Tobacco is, you know, cigarettes and everything else. So it's not scary. I mean, it is a little weird that you blow it up your nose. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's over in 20 minutes. It's, you know, it clears the auric field. It clears the chakras. So you're getting a little bit more acquainted with the energy fields. But it's not scary. I've never heard of anybody having a reaction like I did to rape. Like I said, trial by fire, initiation by fire is not normal. Uh, it was my divine calling into this medicine. So if you do have something like that, then you're welcome to you. Uh, cause that Sport. just means you're right where you should be. Uh, but it's still not fun to go through those things, but most people handle it great and it's no big deal. Um, it just, you know, take it, sit in silence. It will really help with your meditation practice. Psilocybin is nice because, you know, you can microdose. You, there's a lot of different dosages that you can use. You can do 200, you can do 400. You, you can like kind of wet your feet and slowly walk into the pond. Ayahuasca is like, I'm taking a deep dive into the ocean. Like it's not for the faint of heart, uh, but it, but it's also like, you'll know. I actually wanted to, I had been called to do ayahuasca back in like 2018. I was already looking at ayahuasca retreats and things in Peru. So, and like our older dog's name is Rasta and Rastafarianism in Jamaica is actually, they believe in smoking weed to be able to, to see and witness God. So there has been little tidbits of information throughout our lives that this was actually going to manifest, but I, you know, I wasn't conscious enough to actually see them. 
But yeah, so, you know, if you want to just like dip your toes into psychedelics, uh, psilocybin is a great way to do that. Magic mushrooms is like, okay, I can start with a microdose. Then I can go up to like 400. I can slowly get acquainted with these plants without, or not plants, these fungi without, you know, having to just like go full in and see everything. And, you know, cause that can be scary. I really understand that. And then you can take like a gram where it's just like, hi, I'm giggly and I'm more animated and I'm more like my childhood self getting into that inner child versus all of this and kind of slowly step in. And then, you know, if you're really called and you're ready to see the whole shebang and you don't want to waste time and just want to do it, go down, find good shamans <laughs> is all I would say. Go to a reputable place. Don't. And, and I... I say this kindly because it's the easiest way to uh, to not get yourself in trouble in an ayahuasca ceremony. Go to a generational shaman that comes out of like Peru or Colombia. Don't go to these white guys in L.A. that, you know, <laughs> found ayahuasca. You know, they're fake shamans and there's brujas and things like that. Unfortunately, there is really negative energy that exists in the world. And those realms are nothing to mess with. I've heard horror stories about ayahuasca. And that is because they didn't, you know, smoke circle, holding the grid, you know, it, it, it needs to be safe for you to have those experiences. So, you know, if you really want to do an ayahuasca ceremony, get in touch with Nicole and I, and we will, you know, give you access to shamans that are reputable and good that we've worked with because you do not want to get into those upper planes and into that consciousness where you can't come back into your body and you're seeing and experiencing things that will traumatize you for the rest of your life. Uh, but, you know, I don't think there's run white way for anybody. It's getting in touch with your heart and your soul and knowing where you're at and what you want to do. Because uh, there's people that we've met that are at a certain state and it's usually close to that rock bottom or they're suicidal or anything, which is a form of rock bottom where I'm like, you need to go do ayahuasca or you need a macrodose. Like this whole dipping your toes in is not going to work for you. Your soul is in a complete like confrontation with itself. You need to go understand self more and what that means to be self. So I recommend either macrodosing like hero's dose or, uh, you know, going down and doing ayahuasca because that that's a that's a high level like uh we gotta figure this out now. You don't have time to dip your toes in. So it also is, you know, for those of you that are struggling, hopefully none of you are, but if you are struggling with like suicide or any of those things, it's your soul fighting itself trying to wake up. Essentially, it's at that point where it's like you're either gonna wake up or it's gonna cost you your life. It's it's that life or death situation. So in a lot of ways, when you've had those kind of experiences or have those kinds of thoughts, uh, I don't really want to call it good, but it is a uh, it's a wake up call of like you need to get on your path and you need to get on it now. So it's it can be a very turbulent time, but we have seen plant medicine, you know, people take one dose or go down and do ayahuasca and they come out of it and they're they're completely changed people and never have those thoughts ever again, because they understand how profound hmm. it is to be here right now. Hmm. Uh, you know, you're basically a chosen person to, oh, yeah. to be here. Uh, there's lots of souls that want to come to 
our world and have the trials and be able to evolve their souls the way that we have to here because the the earth is is a very turbulent place. Souls evolve very fast here for a reason. So, uh, but you know, the fact that they left us bread breadcrumbs that are psychedelics is I'm very grateful. I'm so very grateful. Well, and I also want to speak on the synthetics. Um, we're really seeing right now this push and pull between the pharmaceuticals. Um, they just announced a couple of very large pharmaceuticals just announced that they will be releasing a new synthetic form of LSD. LSD is already synthetic. Um, MDMA, it's synthetic. They are synthetic forms of these plant medicines. And I'm not going to necessarily say that they are bad, but they are synthetic. They're not real. They're derivative form that have been synthesized through chemistry. And LSD, MDMA, um, ecstasy, even um, the they they've also just released a synthetic psilocybin. These are med- these are plant medicines that aren't plant medicines. They're derivative of plant medicine. Um, even ketamine, you know, a lot of people are really on this like hot boat right now. Ketamine, you can get it delivered to your house, then you can get on a Zoom call. But we have people that have come to us that have gone through these synthetics and they're like, I'm more messed up. I didn't get clarity. What happened? And, you know, I don't want to say that they're wrong. Everyone's choice to do whatever they feel comfortable with. But my, I would advise everyone to just look at it and really explore the reason these plants psilocybin in the true form, ayahuasca in the true form, even cannabis, they're grown from Mother Earth. They're the energy of source. And when we start messing with that, we can really start doing some very, actually, we could do some damage. We can do a lot of damage. So just, you know, really sit with it. If you are drawn or someone is telling you to sit with a synthetic really sit with it. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Just because the pharmaceuticals created it doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. Yeah, I think that this is so important because this this information and you sharing this and you doing this work, just like there's many others that are sharing more and more at this time, which is wonderful. I think that it's so important because most people that are lost, and I mean, like, most of us, <laughs> like, I would say that 99% of the population is lost, and we don't know where to go until we wake up to seeing there's something different there, and we need this because if someone is seeking a way out because they feel like they are not in resonance to how they need to vibrate at this moment or to what's going on around, then they want to weigh out. And, and as you were mentioning before about suicide, that's, you know, like, uh, there's a vibrational, um, well, they are, there's not a match vibrationally. So they feel like this is not good, but to be able to find what's the right tool to use, it's key. And when the lot of information that is there and a lot of push from these big corporations like the pharma corporation to say, oh, take this because they are, they are very smart people. And they are like, oh, people are starting to take plant medicine. Let's get on that boat and let's create something synthetic. 
that people will be like, oh, I can take that. That's a psychedelic. And that is where the true understanding of the energy is so important. And to understand as well, who is growing this? Who is actually leading this? As you're saying, I think that, and, and I've gone through this as well, my journey of cultural appropriation. It's like, well, there's different traditions and different cultures that have been cultivating this for so long. They are the wisdom keepers. They know this stuff. And that doesn't mean that we cannot learn from them, but understanding and being able to actually um, go to someone, as you were saying, like, is, is this shaman like a generational um, shaman? Is it part of their DNA in a sense? Because they've grown with this. They understand this. They've developed a relationship with this plant medicine. So there's a sacredness there that perhaps, as you were saying, someone else that is just doing it because, oh, this was cool. Like I went to Peru and I did ayahuasca and now this is starting to explode. So I'm going to make this for work. So like, well, like we need to understand as well the sacredness of things and, and how we are trusting the energy and how we are putting this energy in this space. And the reality is most people are lost and they are just looking for someone. And if that someone is like, they look the part, then they are going to go there, unfortunately. But there's, as you were saying, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> It's just what is, yet the more that we can step into a space that feels more like something that resonates with us is so important. And this is why a lot of times I am such a proponent of doing practices like yoga, coming back to the body. When we come back to the body, we know how to feel, then we know what resonates and what doesn't. And that is key to be able to understand things like this. And this is, you know, as you were saying, Megan, earlier about when when people go and they do a sermon like ayahuasca or something like that, and suddenly something opens. Like in in the Buddhist teachings, when when I was learning this, we there's a stage on the path that is the what is called the stage of seeing. And it's not just seeing through the eyes, it's the seeing as experiencing. The moment that we experience something, we cannot unsee that. So the moment that someone has an awakening and has an expansion and connection with themselves and with others and with the earth or the universe or whatever it is that they connected with, there's no going back. You can't unsee that. So even if you never get to that place, even if that was just the only glimpse that you get from that, that you know that is true. And then everything is, in a sense, informed by that. And this is, you know, so important to understand how it is that we are experiencing and what are we using to get to those places so that we understand, okay, like there's a lot of things there. I need mm-hmm. to make sure that this is safe. I need to make sure that I'm going into a safe container or space to be able to navigate through this because not only we're all lost, and as you said at the beginning, like we're all traumatized. <laughs> like this is, I, I love the fact that now more and more there's people that are talking about trauma. Like Gabor Mate is starting to become a little bit more mainstream, which is wonderful. And the understanding of trauma and not just as like something that 
happened that was super traumatic, like going to war. But the fact that we all have those blockages and those traumas that we need to understand and we need to work through. And there's so much that as, as I've seen that plant medicine and psilocybin is so helpful for this because it shows us that. And when we are able to see, we're able to work through it. Yeah, right. Yeah. The big thing is being able to see it. Cause if you don't, like you said earlier, ignorance is bliss when you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And the more that you see, then the more that you know, and it's, it's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I find it so fascinating because this, you know, like, I think we are the people to time. I mean, I, I believe that we came here for this moment, for this change of consciousness. And yes. we are the ones that we wanted to come and explore this and experience this. Uh, and it's like, well, like, are we doing that? Are we the ones that are actually doing this? And are we supporting this change in consciousness that needs to happen and will happen? It's just a matter of how are we navigating through it? <laughs> yeah, it really is a wild time to be alive because there's been, you know, when you read like this and masters and stuff like that, there's been like little pockets of people that have woken up. Right. But inevitably, the powers that be have killed them off for reasons. Right. And because you can't have power over people that have free mind, freed minds. Uh, and that's even why, like, peyote or masculine, when you look back at why it was illegal is because they couldn't civilize the Native Americans when they were on peyote or, you know, now the synthetic is MDMA. But it's it's so wild to me that the the free-minded humans took yeah you know when we introduced the native americans to whiskey was actually part of the destruction of their society but you know they had peyote and all of that for you know generations and generations and generations and it actually assisted in them living with one with the universe one with the environment and everything like that and yet alcohol introduced was so dark and it's really funny because again it's been tampered with if you think of things in their pure form you know and as a holistic nutritionist i believe that we should get all of our vitamins from food if you go down to kmart or wherever gnc and get your vitamins those are all synthetic you pee them out your body can't actually absorb them but there's billions and billions of dollars spent on these synthetic vitamins every year which is quite literally a waste of money you cannot take vitamin b from a jar and think that it's going to absorb into your system you've got to take nutritional yeast or something to be able to absorb that into your body and I feel the same way about plant medicine, right? It's like, if you take a single compound of anything, right? It's like, you know, if you took my ear, you would have no idea who I was or who I am as this being, right? You need to experience all of me and my energy, not just how I look, but also my energetic field. And it's the same with the medicine, right? When you need the entire fungi and what that represents and what that looks like versus just taking, you know, a compound of it and taking it. It's not full bodied. It's not its entire essence as it was meant to be. And it's the same with vitamins or anything, 
right? It's, it's, we're always looking for a quick fix. We're always looking for what's easy. And it's become such a detriment to our mental health, to our physical health, to all of it, because it's, you're not getting the full picture when things come easy. It's, you know, just like why we think that people that, you know, work out and like do yoga and everything. It's like their their bodies have a energy to them that is light, right? And then you get these people that feed their bodies fast food and all of this negative energy that's not even real food in my book, excuse me, <laughs> but their body has a vibration to it. And we need to get back in tune with you know, asking our gut how it feels versus what we think, because the gut is so much smarter. And it's like, well, what what do you feel? I mean, it's it's actually astounding how few people can answer. <laughs> how do you feel about something? They're like, huh? Like what? It's just feel? I don't feel anything. <laughs> it's wild. It's a wild ride. It's uh, well, this is uh, again why you know, like I was saying, like we need to get back into our bodies. There's so much yeah. wisdom in there, and we have been so disconnected from that that we don't know what we are feeling, we don't know which direction to go, we don't know anything because we are disconnected from ourselves. And if we are disconnected from ourselves, as, as you were saying earlier, then we are going to be disconnected with the external. And then the food that we're choosing to eat and then how that food is grown and all like, I mean, it's the entire chain reaction that is all interconnected of how we are living as a society and how we are extracting and how we are using and how we are manipulating and all of these different things. It's like, well, what are we actually choosing? Well, going back to the collective is like each of us is the collective <laughs> and if each mm -hmm. of us is doing this work to free ourselves and to be connected then we as a collective will start together and that is the the biggest thing i think that for for so many people and i'm interested um if for for people that are listening or watching us and mm -hmm. They are interested into knowing more. How do you explore with them? This? Do you work with people in person, in anywhere in the world? Like, because everywhere in the world has different laws around using a lot of these medicines. Yeah. Um, so we, we work with anyone in the world. Um, we will connect via Zoom, like obviously like you're in New Zealand, we're in Colorado, right? So we're able to connect. Um, the main thing is, is that we approach it from the aspect of our program is you are gifted the medicine. And unless you are in the United States, we can't provide or help align you with that. We do... We never tell people no, but if they can source, we can definitely give them opportunities to work with us. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, you know, the program is very structured. It's a 12 week program and it's very much radical accountability. I mean, we dive deep and we use the medicine. We have intentions. You have intention. We have intention. We even, you know, open the whole container with a macro intention. We start every meeting with breath work. We have so much ritual around it that we actually help people learn 
to embody ritual and and it's not just working with the plants it's working with themselves their nervous system you know so many people don't even know how to breathe into their body like it's amazing to me when we start working with people and like within the first week we talk about health and breath work mm-hmm. and intention setting that so few actually understand that like I have two lungs that fill up a lot and I have access to food that can actually heal my body. So it's it's actually almost reprogramming people, but using psilocybin because psilocybin helps soften the neuroplasticity so that they're able to unprogram and reprogram simultaneously. And then we're able to really be here to hold space and to support because it is scary. It is uncomfortable. It is those moments where people are like, well, I'm just going to give up. It's too hard. I'm out. Like, and you know, and, and yeah, we get it, but that's when we get to step in and push you. That's when we're the ones that say, Hey, it's okay. You have a threshold and we understand that this is uncomfortable. We're just going to see how, if we can just go a little further. And it's amazing how many people are, they're amazed by just that little bit of uncomfortableness how much it like accelerates their entire life after they're just like, wow, like I can do it. Um, But we don't do it. We help you. We facilitate. We just guide because everyone we truly believe has the power within them. It's we're, we're just here to hold space. It's actually quite simple what we do. Um, You know, it's, it's basically androgynous semantic realignment. It's, I believe all humans are androgynous. Uh, we have both masculine and feminine energy, though we have seemed to have forgotten that. Uh, you know, people are fighting about gender and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, so we're very socially unacceptable at this point because I don't even believe in toxic masculinity. It's wounded masculine, uh, you know, or wounded feminine. But, you know, that's all trauma. So you're sitting here shaming people's trauma. You're sitting here shaming the masculine. You're, you know, shaming the feminine. I used to think feminine energy was weakness. In fact, it's the strongest force the world has ever known. It's creative energy. It's like the fluidity and the, I mean, being in the feminine is so nice. It's like, wow, I get to have permission to just like take a bubble bath and breathe. I love this. My nervous system loves this. Uh, but people have no idea what masculine and feminine energy even is anymore. You know, we've gone into this complete chaotic mess around both and coming back into self and balancing, you know, your creative force and your structural force and understanding how those energies interact and how to step in and out of them and how to balance them and how to love each part of yourself so that you're an embodied full being And then you can step into relationships with other people without being codependent because our society relies on codependency to be able to function right now. And I don't like that, you know, and then semantic realignment, it's like, okay, so where are you feeling pain? Pain is an indicator of change needed, not like let's run away. Uh, Let's step in. Let's realign with why this is causing you so much pain because that's a norepinephrine response in the brain, which is basically a very high dose of dopamine. And you get addicted to pain, dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. This is why when people work out, it's like, it's got to be painful. It's got to be rigid. And I got to build more muscle. No, you're actually making your body rigid. You're making your personality rigid doing that. It's a balance of 
being able to have flexibility and have strength, just like flexibility, feminine strength, masculine. If you're too far in one or the other, right? If you're too flexible, then you don't have any boundaries. It's like you have to, and like you were saying, Brian, like your body, I can look at somebody's body and be like, "Ah, I see your personality. It's right there because your body is a reflection, right? Energy matter. We're just the slowest form of energy. So anything that's in your field, if you don't have boundaries, if you're too rigid, is showing up in your body. And so we're working on, let's look at self. What do you want to change? Where are you in pain? What are you doing that's causing your life to be where it's at? And, you know, we can actually use this program. So if you don't have plant medicine, you can still take our program and get a lot out of it. It's just that the plant medicine helps to assist and facilitate change faster. But our entire program is everything that we were looking for, but could not find in Western philosophies about therapy and everything else. You know, it adds in the spiritual, it adds in the higher self, it adds in the masculine, everything is masculine and feminine energy. If you don't have that balanced and you're going to a manifestation coach about how to manifest things, if you're not balanced, there's no way that the universe is going to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. You have to be balanced and in your knowing and create the structure for what you're trying to manifest. You can't just like sit here and be like, I'm going to manifest a million dollars. That's not the way it works. If you're not actually going out and making the connections or putting in the effort that the universe sees and responds to, you're not going to get this. And, you know, there's, there's so many people and not that we have all the answers at all, but but it's, but it's everything that I, we, um, and I have seen in my life and in, you know, Nicole's life that was missing. And a lot of it is fundamental Eastern philosophies that they had figured out thousands and thousands of years ago. And, you know, we as a Western society made a conscious choice to ignore. Like you can pretty much look at a yin yang and that's our entire program. (laughs) How do you find balance within that? You know, and how do you get into pleasure strokes like good dopamine versus, you know, the norepinephrine or the pain strokes of, you know, negative, negative, because so many people don't even know what it's like to be in pleasure strokes. I almost everybody I meet, including myself at one point in my life, I was all about the pain. I was like, give me that dopamine response, you know, and I loved it. I lived for it, but I didn't realize that that's what was making me miserable. It's like, no, I don't need that much dopamine in my brain. It's really not good for me. You know, I would rather be in pleasure strokes, but how to reframe the brain to want pleasure strokes to be, you know, I we call it either hedonistic or stoic. You want to be a stoic person. You want to act. You don't want to react. You know, hedonistic behaviors is is basically what our society's in right now. You just go outside and look at it. People are chasing money, sex, and mind-altering chemicals. And the thing is, in pleasure strokes, you're still chasing all of those things because that's human nature, but it's in a very intentional way, like you were saying, Brian. Like, yeah, we still have to make money to survive, but we're very intentional about it. Yeah, you know, I still crave dopamine, which is a mind-altering chemical, but I'm very careful of where I get that from and who I allow myself and what I allow myself to get that from. I have boundaries. I am very cognizant and cautious and aware of all of the stimuli that are coming in to my system all the time. And people, you know, they go through our program like, holy, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, because it is actually so simple. Okay, you're in pain. Why? 
Okay, what are you choosing? Okay, are you in negative or positive thought patterns? You know, back to that Taoist quote. Are you fussing? Well, if you're fussing, you're screwing up everything in your life. How do you stop fussing? It, it, it's actually quite simple yes. because you don't need to be a college professor or like a PhD from Harvard to read books and have these answers. And, you know, it, it's such a common misconception that the more degrees you have, the smarter you are. And we live in the age of Aquarius. We live in the age of information. You know, I, I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a doctor. There were so many things I wanted to be. And I'm so grateful now that that didn't actually happen because it forced me to go out and live life and learn and read and then assess and then be able to create what we've been able to create through what I have lived through instead of what I have read and then try to relate to somebody else. So, you know, for those of you that have just like insane trauma lists or just like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be here or why did this happen to me? You know, actually that's in direct relation to everything that you want to do in this life. And it's how you choose to transmute it. And that's also the framing that we work with is like own your story Hmm. because it's your purpose. Your purpose is your story. And you'll find, like I was talking about our old dog, you know, Rasta, who's probably going to pass fairly soon. Um, But, you know, she was one of those like little breadcrumbs along the way. And it's such in simple things that you'll start to see this because everything's in patterns. The chakras are patterns. Humans are pat, like everything is a pattern and it's what patterning you choose. And we choose those patternings every day with our thoughts. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting as you're saying that and, and the synchronicity <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. name, like, this is one of the things about noticing and about understanding those patterns. Everything is in patterns. Synchronicity is all of the time there. We are just not aware of it a lot of times. And I think that that is, you know, going back to what you were just saying about the simplicity of things. Every time that I talk to any of my clients, any of my students, everyone that I'm talking about, all of these things are so simple. <laughs> Mm-hmm. we we make it hard <laughs> we are the ones that are making it harder than it needs to be and i mean change and transmutation doesn't always come easy sometimes it's a little bit of a, a pushing yeah, yeah but like what we are doing is simple <laughs> everything is simple as you're saying you know with the yin yang or stuff like that and and I, as I was hearing both of you sharing about your program, I was thinking like, ah, like these are stuff that even if you're not doing the microdosing or using any plant medicine, these are still the teachings and the wisdom that we need. And this is, uh, as you were just saying about information, anyone can have the information. Uh, information is nothing. Knowledge is nothing wisdom is all of it and if we are not embodying and we are not experiencing that then information is there like i mean i can just go into the internet and just read everything nowadays so the importance of being able to to go through something like this and to to go through a program and to understand the importance of containers to understand the importance of guidance to understand the importance as well of choosing the ones that resonate because i think that 
um, something that you said and something that I think that I read in, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I read in, in your website, that when someone goes into a space like this, there's an agreement and there's a partnership, yet, and, and this is my way of working, all of the work is done by the other person. I'm just there to support and to guide. <laughs> they are doing all of the work. And I think that that is so important when choosing who to work with and choosing how to work. Um, it's so important to understand we are our own answers. We have those answers inside. And yes, we might need support from someone that is there energetically and that is there in another capacity to guide us through things. Yet we are the ones always doing the work. So to be able to, to understand that is, is so important. And I'm just, you know, like, as, as I think that it happened when I was on your podcast, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Uh, I'm just aware, like, uh, of time. So just so that we can start to bring this conversation towards an end, I would love it if you can share two things. One is how can people find you so that if they are interested and they resonate with you, work with you. And the other one is one last thing that you would like to share that you feel like it's important for people to know about. Okay. So if they want to connect with us, we have two Instagrams. We have Zinchronicity222. That's our business pod, um, excuse me, business Instagram. We do more business stuff on there. We talk about classes coming up and our containers. Then we have our other one, which is synchronicity underscore sisters. That is more of our travel and our bloopers of life and just like being able to see us for who we are. Like we're still humans. We still embody humanness. Um, and so it, that's, we separated the two. So if you just want to see the business, go to synchronicity222. If you want to see us for who we are, what we do, how we live, our animals, just everything that we embody, Synchronicity Sisters will be your go-to for that. Our website is synchronicity222.com. If you want to do a one-on-one program with us, we ask that you apply. It's right there off the front page. Please mention this podcast. We will honor the $2,000 off our one-on-one coaching program. And we are launching a uh, February 13th. We'll be doing our group program. Same structure as our one-on-one but it's in a group setting, group container. There's just a more of a network that is um, starting, like I said, February 13th. You do not have to apply for that. That is open to everyone. It is a, it's going to be a really great container. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, one thing that I would give to everyone is that we only see 1% of reality, the 99% is the unknown. And if we trust the 99% over the 1%, we will always get answers and we will always be in alignment with self and with the universe. Like, I love that one. I know. <laughs> um, And I would share that embodiment is key because when you embody self and knowledge, it's pretty much what Brian was just saying, that wisdom, that's how you pass it on. Because codes are shared in frequencies and you cannot teach anybody anything that you have not embodied yourself. It will pass through them because it won't actually stick in their field. So when you are embodied and you are whole in self, 
is when this world starts to change. And so I encourage every single one of you to step in because we need you. Uh, this entire world consciousness masses, everything is, if you're freaking out and just like, Oh my gosh, how do I help? How do I do this? Uh, start working on you, start meditating. Like we need you and that positive frequency and that energy just in itself does so much work for you and everybody around you. Cause when you're taking care of self and you're loving yourself, it adds to the direction that we want to move in. Sure. Beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much, Nicole, for, for being here, for sharing this space and for sharing your wisdom and the, the medicine that you're bringing into this world, not only plant medicine, but your own energy as medicine. Um, and I'm so looking forward to continuing conversations with you in the future. Um, but for everybody listening as well, if you resonated with anything that we shared, just connect with them I, I will put off the links as well on the show notes so that it's easy to to connect um if you're already experiencing or practicing or exploring any of these plant medicines write a comment let us know how it's going so that we can keep this conversation going as well uh, so thank you everyone for listening thank you both of you for being here and for taking the time and um, yeah we'll see you all in the next episode Bye. <laughs> what did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.